Hi, this is Kyle from Fate Defined, and you're listening to KFMP Misery Point Radio. Welcome back, Wanderers, to another pillow-biting edition of the Misery Point Radio Show. As always, I appreciate you putting that fleshlight down long enough to join me here in the wasteland. I really do love you long time. I am, unfortunately for you, still your host. My name is Mike, but what I lack in basically everything, I make up for with basically nothing. I know it hardly seems fair. Why would a total chode such as myself have seemingly endless amounts of prestige, fame, wealth, and power while the rest of you live in squalor and eke your way through the cosmos? Could it be that our fates are, in fact, defined? That's a great question and one you could ask today's guest, Mr. Kyle Willis, vocalist and songwriter from Spokane, Washington metal powerhouse Fate Defined, a band who have already made a huge name for themselves with their no-nonsense and aggressive style of in-your-face metal. With a sound that defies subgenre classification, Fate Defined has quickly gained a reputation as one of Washington State's heavy hitters in the crowded metal community. Such a reputation, in fact, that they grabbed the attention of Curtain Call Records, signed a deal, and are already hard at work promoting some upcoming tours and the much-anticipated release of their debut EP, which is due out sometime in early 2024. Kyle and I had an awesome chat about the origin of the band, their signature sound, their rapid rise and evolution, and their recent signing with Curtain Call. Kyle also gave us a skinny on what to expect from the upcoming EP, their experience so far working with a label that is known to heavily promote their bands, and those not-so-distant future plans for the aforementioned upcoming tours and live performances. As always, I'm excited to help promote local artists and do my part to support the underground music scene, especially metal from Washington. So, finish up with your self-loving, take those electrodes off your nipples, and edumacate yourself on some up-and-coming Northwest metal. Check it out. Hey, Kyle, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I am really honored to have you here. Hey, thanks, Mike. Great to be here, man. Yeah, and uh, a quick shout-out also to uh, our mutual friend, Mr. Brian Moore, for kind of uh, hooking this up from Curtain Call. So thanks, Brian. You're the fucking man. Are the man. <laughs> so we'll talk about uh, the whole Curtain Call thing in a little bit, but because I'm actually just getting to know your band a little bit more in-depth than I had previously... Um, let's just kind of talk a little bit about um, about the band and kind of how it got started. And I know you guys are out of Spokane, so just give us the uh, give us the quick uh, rundown on you know kind of how you guys got together, and we'll go from there. Hell yeah, it's a kind of an interesting story, but the the skinny of it is uh, I lived on the East Coast um, at the start of uh, the pandemic, and I moved back home because of some uh, family issues, and uh, I was you know playing playing shows and stuff and having a great time out there and i needed to be in music and of course the pandemic shut everything down um but i ended up getting online and i got plugged in with uh, my drummer darren and uh we were like you know pretty similar in taste and everything like that and uh, we're like hey let's let's uh, let's start a band man and uh, we just kind of went around and naturally found people we lucked into finding a guitarist we happened to find across our our basis and uh we all had the same goals in mind the same vision of what we wanted to do 
um, styles and influences all over the place, but uh, we all had the same vision and that's what it was all about. So we we're like, let's, let's play some heavy music and have fun. And uh, there's been some transitions and stuff, you know, but uh, we're in a excellent spot right now. Um, we've had our two guitars, our two uh, guitarists. Um, we don't really do a rhythm or a lead thing. They're both, they both play leads. They both play rhythm. They're both badasses. And uh, yeah, they, uh, they've been in the band for a year now and we really hit our stride through 23 and 24 is shaping up to be a killer year. Oh, fuck yeah, it is. And we'll, we'll dig into that here in a few minutes. But since we're talking about them, let's just get a quick introduction to the other members of the band who are not with us today. So give those guys a quick uh, shout out here. Absolutely. So our drummer uh, extraordinaire, Darren Hobble, uh, he's a Montana boy, he came to Spokane to, to pursue a dream of playing in a band. And uh, he's just a savage. It's uh, it's it's so cool to, to cool, cool to have him, man. Uh, Cade Brown is our is our bassist. And uh, that dude can do pretty much anything. Um, it's really, really a big push uh, for our music because we like having a low end meteor sound. And he's he's all about that. He uh, he's a premier bassist. Um, Dylan Rasco is our uh, our guitarist. Um, he uh, he's been he was in the band uh, like a month or two before uh, we got our other guitarist, uh, Sam uh, Demars, but. Uh, um, both of them are extremely talented. Um, Sam, our uh, our guitarist, he uh, this is his first band. Uh, he's 19 years old, and the dude can absolutely shred. Um, we're extremely fortunate to have both of those dudes. Uh, we're all you know just brothers, and uh, we we just like to rip. We're like, hey, let's see how fast we can play, and then that's just pretty much all it is. Uh, I love it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I think um, looking at, you know, just kind of press photos and things like that, um, you guys really just kind of remind me a little bit of, you know, looking at you, what the scene looked like back in the day. Uh, so we did kind of talk a little bit off air when you and I were first getting acquainted about kind of the mix of influences and you kind of touched it again. So, you know, I listened to your stuff and I don't know if I'm way off track here, but I definitely get like an old school thrash vibe, but also kind of mixed with like some hardcore. So I get it kind of like this DRI crossover meets prong meets like old Exodus, just kind of all thrown in there, uh, especially, you know, with kind of your really throaty, heavy vocal style that that I'm a huge fan of. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely get just a, a massive genre cross. And I also noticed that you guys really just kind of refer to yourselves as heavy metal, which I am an old school guy. So I like that. It kind of helps eliminate a lot of those crazy subgenres that we all are, you know, kind of programmed to try to figure out what people are. Oh, definitely. Um, it's one thing, you know, people have asked us, you know, what, uh, what genre we classify ourselves as. And, uh, we just say metal. Um, we don't, we don't really have anything to go off of, man. Cause we, we all, like I said, we've all pulled our influences together. Um, Darren is a metalcore guy, right? So he wants to do the metalcore transitions, the, the flammy, you know, kicks and stuff, uh, and, you know, cymbal play and all the cool stuff. He doesn't want to just play lightning fast. He wants to do some, some intricate stuff. Uh, our bassist is an old school punk guy, right? And uh, and a doom guy, so he wants to be low and fat and heavy, and that's that's it. Um, and he's not a root note guy, you know. He wants to he wants to actually be premiered uh, in the music. Um, and then Sam, he's kind of just a straight death metal guy, right? Uh, it's it's kind of sick. He uh, he just wants to play fast, and he wants to 
do some crazy transitions. And he's not a big guy, but his fingers are able to spread all over the fretboard. It's it's nuts. Uh, and then Dylan, he's like, I don't even know what to classify him as, but uh, he's kind of an all around uh, metal guitarist. So there's like, he can play fast and he can do melodies and he can throw harmonies in there and he wants to do intricate stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's really cool. And then I'm an old school thrash guy, uh, old school doom. And uh, that's what I like to be. So we kind of put all of our stuff together uh, into the writing process and come up with whatever the hell we think sounds cool. And that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so here on the Seattle side of things, we're seeing uh, the metal scene kind of be reinvigorated and a lot of those elements, I'm seeing them kind of pop up again, but I'm really not at all familiar with say the, the Spokane scene. So uh, I was there, you know, a couple of years ago at concert and, uh, you know, got a chance to, you know, hang out down there. And then um, we went, of course, to, I don't know if you know, Frank Steiner, but it's epic place kind of in a railway car. It's super badass. But, you know, what is, what is the scene looking like in Spokane right now? It's really interesting. Um, there is a, a massive influx of the, the, you know, I'll say asterisk core type stuff. So the, the death core, uh, the, there's like, a bunch of slam stuff, which I'm not familiar with, to be honest with you. That's a, that's a subgenre. That's, that's wild. Um, Spokane is, I, I think best classified as like a, uh, an underground metal scene. It's whatever the hell bands want to do. And, uh, it's a lot of just death core, grind core, um, heavy blasts and all that stuff. It's the pig squeals and all that jazz. It's, brutally heavy um it's it's pretty cool man we have a lot of uh, a lot of intricate stuff and there's also a lot of like just straight rock bands a lot of our closest friends are just rock and it's it's pretty damn cool to be a part of everything because we get the heavy dudes and then we get the dudes who are just like we're just gonna play some old school groovy shit and uh we all play the same shows together too which is wild so even the fans are into the different kind of genres of of rock and roll you know it's nuts yeah that, that reminds me because you know when i was uh, a performing musician you know back in the, in the 90s specifically the uh that was kind of how shows were it wasn't like you went to a metal show or a punk show or a whatever it was like hey there is a show <laughs> and yeah. it would be like 10 bands on the bill it was almost like a little mini festival everybody got like a 20 30 minute set but it would be it would be really cool because you would you'd have some rock bands you'd have some metal bands uh, oh, I do yeah. remember those those shows and being being turned on to music uh, that was not something I would have otherwise listened to and also you know having having these dudes out there and I'd be like man these guys got some balls coming out playing here and this is not their crowd and they're winning them over and to me if you win over a crowd that's not yours you're just a legend and and I absolutely love love to see that kind of stuff happen. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something. There are some straight performers in our scene. Uh, we played a show where a dude, uh, the the band was actually on tour, uh, and they came through Spokane, and uh, the lead singer got on the wobbliest table I've ever seen, uh, and everyone panicked to grab it, and make sure he didn't kill himself, and uh, yeah, he just just went as hard as he could for the a small bar, and uh, it was it was rad. I was like, okay, this guy's getting the fucking crowd going. Um, it, it was sick. So there's 
there's some cool stuff, but straight performers, you know, they're just people who want to go heavy headbang and do the hardcore dancing and whatever it is that they got to do. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Are there, I mean, the venues on that side for, for those that aren't familiar geographically, I guess I should specify. So I'm in the Seattle area, which is, uh, you know, on the, on the very West side of the state and he's over in Spokane, which is on the other side of the state. So we're separated by a few hundred miles uh, and you're, you know, close to the Idaho border. Um, so yeah, we have a completely different, uh, geographical set, a different, you know, weather pattern, everything is just kind of a difference. So here we are two folks in the same state that, uh, definitely have different experience in the same state. So, but, uh, yeah, what I was getting at was, uh, you know, are, are the clubs opening up for, for some of the harder music again? Absolutely. Um, so we had a, a very significant club that, uh, was, like a stepping stone for so many bands in the area that shut down uh, during the pandemic. And it, it sucked for a lot of the younger bands because it was an under, you know, an under 18 club if you wanted to get in. Um, and now we have a couple venues who are really just trying to get shows in all the time. They got open mic nights, they got a bunch of other stuff going. Um, and there's kind of like two primary locations that, uh, that play you know, one, one in Idaho. Uh, and then there's, like two bars here in town that uh, that put on shows. One is you know over twenty one. It's difficult you know for for families and stuff to show up. And then the other one is all ages, and uh, that all ages place. Every band goes through there, and uh, the they have new ownership. The dude's a badass and gets awesome bands in. Um, and it just it's very like an eclectic taste, kind of like what you're saying. It's you're putting on a show, and. Uh, whatever the hell happens happens you'll have hardcore kids and you'll have you know like old school people showing up with like spikes coming out of their vests and shit it's it's sick i love that i also really love that that kind of reminds me of a show i was at here recently with uh speaking of the the old guys with spikes on their jackets really kind of cool to see the big massive burly 300 pound dude with the spiked battle vest there with his kid uh listening same stuff and i i i fucking love that because that, that's just a, a generational thing for me but yeah i definitely I, I love to see that so it's i'm stoked that you know those opportunities are are kind of uh coming your way and you know, things are opening back up after pandemic of course so we're we're back in full swing and and stuff's kind of lining up uh for tours and things like that i know you got some stuff we're going to chat about here in a bit let's talk then a little bit specifically about kind of your music so on your website, which is very cool, by the way, uh, you've got basically three singles that that have been released to the public. And as I listen to them, the first thing that I that I wonder is, were these all recorded at the same time? Uh, two of them were. So the most, yeah, the most uh, recent releases, Domination and Your Own Hell, were recorded at the same time. No Hope was actually recorded back in twenty one when we first got together. Different guitarist. Um, and, uh, you know, very early in our progression as musicians too. Um, so yeah, the last two domination in your own hell were recorded at the same time, same place. Well, it's funny. And the reason I ask you that is I'm listening and I pick up on a progression, right? Like, uh, no hope is like a very raw, right? Really in your oh, yeah. face as of the three, definitely like more of a punk or a hardcore kind of a back vibe to it um but uh and then you know you listen to 
for instance, Domination, and it kind of has a little bit more of a thrash vibe to it. And then, you know, Your Own Hell has that really cool clean and then immediately kicks in to like that thrash kind of a, a sound as well. So, so uh, in regards to Your Own Hell specifically, also, you guys shot a really sweet video for that. Tell me about that. Yeah, we uh, we really wanted to like take this as serious as we could. So we thought a video would be like the best way to do it um, and just show that we're working our asses off and try to sell ourselves. Um, we have a, a friend, Riker Morrow. Riker is the guy who shot our video. And uh, he, he you know, had a cool vision for the song. We sent him the, the song as soon as we had it. And uh, we recorded it in Idaho, actually, in a warehouse that was uh, 95 degrees. Um, so that was brutal. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we had a blast with that and, uh, we I think it turned out pretty all right, you know? Yeah. It kind of looked professional. Looks really good. I, I like, I like the kind of the jamming vibe. I just, I'm a, I'm a fan of those kinds of videos where you get to kind of see all the members in the bands and you check out their instruments and, you know, that badass, uh, Sinister Gates Schecter guitar that I'm always been a huge fan of. That's a, that's a cool shredder. Um, but yeah, there's just a, a really, really nice production value to it. So I thought that was, I thought that was kind of cool. And did that, was that something you had planned on doing or did that opportunity just kind of fall into your lap one day and you guys say, let's just do this fucking video. It was a little bit of both. We definitely wanted to do a video and I had actually talked to Riker, um, a long time before about shooting a video. And, uh, of course our band caught, you know, caught some speed bumps along the way. We didn't end up going through with it. Um, but, uh, for this song in particular, we thought this needs to happen. And, uh, it just so happened that he was available. Um, so yeah, it, it really was a little bit of both. We kind of forced it, but it, it definitely fell into our laps. And as soon as we said, I like, I hit up Riker and he was like, hell yeah, I'm in. And so it was, it was badass. Yeah. And I mean, what video would, uh, be complete without lighting somebody on fire. Right. I mean, that's right, a- yeah. The very metal thing to do, guys, just uh, just light somebody on fire, preferably a band member. But um, right, yeah, it was actually uh, our our bassist, longtime friend. Um, uh, he, uh, we, none of us had met him uh, prior, um, but uh, our our Cade brought him along. It was like, hey, this is my buddy Cameron, and uh, we're gonna have him in the video. And we're like, sick, and then we lit him on fire. So <laughs> that was that was the video. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's great. Um, I, I really actually do like that particular song. I, I feel like it's got of the three that I've heard, I think it showcases the most of your differing vocal styles. Um, it looks like you've kind of taken a little bit more with, I don't want to say experimenting cause it doesn't sound experimental, but it's like, I think you've really used your voice as a tool quite effectively in that song. Well, thank you. That's that actually means a lot. I, uh, you know, I've I've heard um, differing things about my vocal style, and you know, um, people say that all you can do is the harsh or the raspy stuff. Like, I can I can kind of hit some notes too in there, man. It's cool. So, um, but that song, it it just kind of felt right, and uh, everything from my writing style was actually based on the pre-chorus. So the pre-chorus was just meant to be clean and soft, but building up. And uh, and it it turned into this kind of big thing. So I I wanted to you know experiment. Really, is what it came down to. I wanted to throw some stuff out there. 
And uh, yeah, I think it turned out pretty all right. Yeah, man, it came out fucking badass. In fact, it's about time for a quick break for us. And since we've already been blabbing about it, let's go ahead and play the motherfucker. So here it is, Fate Defined with Your Own Hell. Check it.
also for those folks that aren't vocalists, uh, especially pulling that off live is really tricky because going from kind of a, a harsh voice or a scream to a clean, you know, that that's that's a, a hard thing for, for vocalists to do effectively. And so, I mean, a lot of times in the studio, you've got 50 takes to, you know, to make it happen, which is great, you know, live. How, are you comfortable with that yet? Is that something you think you're going to experiment more when you get into into more music? Yeah, the actually the next few songs that we have, um, I'm doing more experimenting. Uh, yeah, we uh, we have a few songs actually in our back pocket, and uh, we've played we've been playing one live for uh, the last four shows now. I think um, and it's violently heavy and, and thrashy, and it's stupid. Violence, yes. Heaviness, yes violently heavy fuck yes yeah absolutely yeah i uh i actually I, I wrote the song kind of on the premise of um well you know the differences of uh our sides of the state um we get wildfires <laughs> like it's just a regular season right wildfire <laughs> season is is more summer than anything else I laugh. so yeah it's fucking it's uh, that's rough <laughs> it's it sucks yeah so uh i actually wrote a song called world in flames um kind of around that premise and uh I actually pulled back on my my writing. I wanted to keep it short and simple, and let the let the band kind of take the primacy of everything. Uh, our our drummer plays faster than he's ever played before. Um, our guitars play faster than Domination, and uh, both of our guitarists throw down a lead on it. So uh, we really wanted to push ourselves as as musicians and show off that like, hey, everybody in this band is a badass. Uh, so it's a headbanger. It is an absolute headbanger. God, I fucking love that, you know, because, uh, you know, I personally, like, I am drawn to that kind of mid-tempo, you know, like, just kind of get things going. And then I love it when it takes off. Um, but sometimes, you know, you just want to get that, you know, fucking rain and blood just hit you in the nuts right off the bat and just goes the entire way. So, oh, yeah. of, uh, wildfires, though, it's down a rabbit hole as uh, <laughs> the Misery Point Radio listeners are very familiar with me in my rabbit holes. But. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad uh, had some property in Chelan, uh, which uh, up in the hills and that whole side of the mountain, like just caught fire one day and just boom, all gone. And uh, so it just when you were talking about that, it just kind of kind of brought me back there for a second. Just remembering, you know, man, nature's a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we uh, our drummer had to evacuate. He lives a bit up north from here, up in Colbert. And uh, the last big fire we had was burning all of that area. And uh, he got evacuated. Fortunately, you know, nothing lost, nothing damaged. But still, a scary time, you know. It's families up there. You know. I do. Yeah. But, you know, I do find with artists specifically that, you know, uh, hardships and tragedies and snafus of life often turn into the most personal, epic material. Uh, and so, yeah, I can't, can't wait to hear that one for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned earlier then, so you were from the East Coast, right? Whereabouts were you on the East Coast? Uh, well, I'm from Spokane originally, so I'm a Spokane boy, true to heart. Um, but uh, I was in the East Coast um, for, I was in the military for a little while and uh, lived out there um, for about 10 years. So I ended up in uh, Virginia is where I was. So lots of friend, friends and family out there still. And uh, yeah. The reason I ask is I'm curious then, how does a band from Washington that's been a band for just a few years end up signing with 
a record label that's quite well known based on the other side uh, of the country? <laughs> well, uh, honestly, what we're doing has nothing to do with uh, with where I came from or anything like that. We um, our short time as a band, um, we've made it very, very clear that we are professionals. We have been a very like business focused on us. We want to do our business as best as possible, bring in the right people, surround ourselves with the right people and uh, just play as hard as we can. Um, so every show, you know, even like I've been sick at shows, we've had people who haven't been feeling well or whatever, and we just go as hard as we can and, uh, and kind of show up and show out for everybody. And, uh, and with that, um, I think that that has, um, it's kind of made some waves, you know, in the, in the best way possible. So, um, we've been fortunate. Brian actually, uh, found us, I think by happenstance and, uh, was started playing our music, um, for a long time and before we started chatting. So it was really cool to see that curtain call got a hold of us and, uh, and took a shot on us. And that's, that's where we're at now. So that's very cool then. So they reached out to you and you hadn't been hitting that channel as, as, as it were, uh, that just kind of happened that based off of the level that you guys perform at that somebody found you and said, I think these guys would be a great fit. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I, I definitely, you know, I've, I've had some, some connections from, uh, from years past, but, um, you know, what we're doing now is all brand new and, and all just hard ass work. And that's just one thing that we pride ourselves on. Yeah. And I, I know, I. uh, I have some other friends that are in bands that also happen to be signed to curtain call, which is really cool. Um, but, uh, I was curious, you know, everybody's experience is different. I feel like, well, Brian, for instance, but others as well, these guys promote like hard, like they hit it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure your, uh, interview circuit's getting kind of busy right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so far, uh, as you guys just got signed back in October, um, things are moving pretty good for you. Absolutely. It's been, it's been kind of excellent, actually. Um, Brian's been wonderful, of course. Uh, John has, uh, has talked to me a whole bunch um, about what the future holds, where our, what our direction is, and, uh, and it lines up with what he visions for us, like his vision for us. Um, he, uh, actually, our last conversation about a week ago, he said, I just see you guys on the road all the time playing shows. And I was like, that's what we want to do, man. So hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So you've got uh, this new deal with these guys, which is fantastic. Three awesome singles out and an EP officially in the books and, and on the way. So, so tell us about that. Yeah, we, uh, like I said, we have you know, a few songs in our back pocket. And uh, we, we've had this idea of putting together what we already have and maybe you know, redoing it or you know, trying to put it together uh, in a a repackaged format, but, um, we think we're just going to leave it be as it is, you know, have, we have three singles out, we're going to put together an EP, um, with all new songs on it. And, uh, like the songs are, are all pretty much done. Um, like I said, we've been playing one for a while now and then two more that are, are good to go. Um, we, we're just trying to make sure that we're ready, you know, for all the next steps and, uh, getting to the studio, um, we kind of plan on hitting a, a new studio too. Um, nothing against what we've done previously, but this uh, this new opportunity gives us a chance to play live in the in the booth. So that's pretty rad. 
Um, so we're just gonna, we're just taking next steps that we think, you know, suit us. And uh, we're gonna hopefully have our EP out uh, very early next year uh, so that we can, uh, we can pitch it on the road. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that it's, you know, more or less when you said uh, done or in the works, is it recording or just the, the writing phase is done? The writing phase is, is pretty much all done. Uh, there's a couple things, you know, leads and some you know vocal stuff that we're going to change up here and there, but for the most part, writing is done. So the next step is studio. Okay. So no studio work yet, but it sounds like you've got, do you have a place already picked out you're going to go to? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Oh, is it too early to announce that? Uh, I don't. I don't think there's any problem with it. It's a uh, Hammock Cave Studios. It's uh, a a friend of ours who's also a lead singer of a badass band called Day Shadow. Uh, Doug. He actually at a show that we were both playing at. Uh, he was like, "Hey, bro, you gotta come check out my studio. You know, you're gonna love it." He showed me pictures, and of course, pictures they don't they don't do anything, you know, for you. Like, oh, it looks like a place you would play music, you know. Yeah. And then we all we we took a field trip. Like, hey, we're gonna take a rehearsal day, head out to the studio, just see what's up. And it, it's so damn cool. It's a, uh, his like studio recording area is an old RF testing room. So it's dead, yeah. dead silent in there. It is, it's super, it's, it's surreal, man. You walk in there and you're having a conversation with somebody and you turn to the side and you can no longer hear the conversation. Like, okay, that's sick. You get a little bit of anxiety inducing, you know, in the room when he shuts <laughs> the door, it's like, this is a place to play music. So we're, we're like, we're going to take this on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, sonic deadness. I don't know if that's that's the right word, but I mean, yeah. have a microphone in front of you. That's great because then you can just add all this all this stuff later. But I've been in those rooms and it is super bizarre to literally take a step and not hear your footsteps. Um, yeah, it's a little surreal. And having somebody standing next to you and like the sound in one ear sounds different than the sound out of the other ear. It's just it's it's a mind fuck. Uh, so that's crazy. So that sounds like though it's a it's going to be a, a good setting for you guys. Um, that's uh, I'd be pretty pumped about getting into a studio that's that's pretty well set up. So, absolutely. And like I said, um, you know, we uh, we were able to play it live. That was the thing. He had this whole room, so that the kit set up, all the amps are there, and then the, the vocal booth is right there. So that that's kind of where we excel. We're most comfortable playing. That's you know, sitting in a on a on a couch or in a chair and just riffing like that's cool and all but like when we play together we feed off each other's energy and uh like we have some rehearsals that are like okay guys we gotta take a break because we are way too heavy way too loud right now um just kidding we never do no that such thing <laughs> like harder and louder please uh so yeah we uh we just wanted that energy and that's what we're all about so like this is a this is an opportunity that we have to take i feel like the live setting for recordings is almost an ancient memory anymore and especially i think since you know you know the, the advent of of the pandemic and you know bands putting albums together separately from all corners of the world technology is great and i love it and i support it and it's it's awesome and it provides a lot of opportunity and a lot of convenience i do kind of miss those you know uh, when I was doing bands, I mean, we did live studio work and yeah, you might do 50 freaking takes because some dude fucked up in the middle of the song and you didn't want to punch it in, you know, but I do miss that, that energy. And even if you can't be exactly in the same space for, you know, like if you're in a booth, but you're facing your guys and you can all 
see and everything's piped in it still has that that same feel to it and doing a you know albums and recordings over the internet just doesn't doesn't quite give you that uh doesn't quite give you that feeling absolutely and that's uh something that he talked about uh doug the guy who owns the place he uh he had recorded previous bands live like some pretty pretty big name bands and uh you know he was telling us stories about the uh just the energy right and that's that's kind of the thing uh, but yeah, you're probably going to mess something up. And if we start, you know, headbanging, maybe we bash a mic stand or something. And, uh, <laughs> that's that's all right. But that's, you know, that's that's punk rock, baby. So. <laughs> well, awesome. It sounds like the the studio is going to be a killer place to go. And you did kind of touch on the fact that you are constantly evolving your sound. So can we plan on this next EP that comes out having a sound similar to what you guys have released with the first three singles? Or do you think this is going to be heavier, more intense? uh, and more, you know, violent, a <laughs> uh, little bit of both. Um, so we have, uh, you know, one song that we've been working on for a while and it's, uh, it's come together pretty damn well. And it's, you know, it's really heavy. It's uh, supposed to be a, just a headbanger all the way through. Um, and then we have the world in flames that I told you about, uh, that song is just brutal. And we have another song that, uh, it's on the lighter side. Um, so much more on the experimental side of things. Uh, so it's not going to be just brutal or anything like that. Um, brutal topic, uh, sure. But, uh, yeah, different style entirely. It's just, we're going for something different, you know, trying to show off that we're, you know, we're all musicians and we can do cool shit. Sure. And everybody, you know, kind of needs to, to grow in their art and cover new ground and, you know, just keep, you know, moving the needle forward. It's really funny. I find probably with, with metal musicians and metal fans more than any other genre, it's like, it's totally split. Like the purists want you to never, ever, 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 ever do anything differently. Right. And then the folks that really appreciate music for what it is are like, what can these guys do next? And they're okay with uh, with having bands, you know, kind of mess with their sound a little bit. I tend to be in the second camp now, 20 years ago, probably in the first camp. Um, so yeah, yeah. my my horizons have expanded, I think, over the last five or six years that I've been talking to people a, as often as I have. So be curious to see what you guys uh, do with uh, your first EP. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, we're, we're really excited about it and uh, the opportunities that will arise from it. You know, I think will uh, be able to relate to a lot more listeners. You know, that's kind of uh, something important. Um, and that's, you know, one thing about the growth of artists and growth of bands, you know, uh, purists get upset about shit and that's kind of the way it goes. But when the, when a band comes out with a new album that's different stylistically, uh, it, it appeals to a whole new audience. So yeah, people get pissed off about it. Like, oh, this isn't the same rehash shit you guys did the last four albums. Well, it's a whole new thing. And now we have a younger audience or, you know, a, a heavier audience or whatever it is. It, it's, you know, um, and as writers, you know, everybody evolves, right? You don't want to keep writing about the same stuff. Who the hell wants to hear that over and over again? Well, and you also, you know, you want, <clears throat> excuse me, you want to, you want your stuff to be heard. I mean, at the right. end of the day, musicians play music so people can hear the music and sure we could all say oh i wrote this for myself or this was a a passion project for me and i don't care if anybody listens to it 
But that's only partially true. We want people to hear our stuff. We want people to see what we're passionate about. So, and then to go along with uh, your debut EP, you and I touched on this earlier, but you know, you have some pretty locked in plans to hit the road, do some tour and play a lot of shows. Yeah. We, uh, we just played a, a badass show out in Butte, Montana. Uh, what, two, two months now uh, is the rock, the pit and the crew there was all amazing. The bands there were all over the board. Uh, they had like local, like high school band played. Uh, and then they had uh, Deadlow, who they're absolutely brutal. And then a bunch of other bands that we had, you know, we had the fortune of just getting to play with. And uh, we, we feel like we did pretty damn well as far as being heavy and, and doing the thing. And uh, we got hit up by, uh, by a great guy who, you know, wanted to put us on tour with some bands that he's working with. And that's where we're, that's where we're at. So um, come uh, the end of March, we're going to hit the road for a short Pacific Northwest tour. Um, we're going to go through uh, two shows in Oregon and then we're coming up to Seattle. So you and I are going to hang out. Fuck yeah, we are. And then uh, come back to Spokane. Um, and then uh, we're going to head over to Idaho and Montana and then down to Salt Lake. So it's, it's going to be sick. Um, we're really looking forward to it. Yeah. I think uh, people hitting the road in 2024 I know that my social feeds are blowing up with people that are saying stuff's coming up and promoters hitting me up and saying, Oh, you got to check this out. So sounds like you guys are all, all in, all in the same club there. I, th- I think that's awesome. So besides the Pacific Northwest, I mean, are there plans to kind of get out a little bit farther? Obviously I'm a fan of the Northwest music scene, but I'd love to see you guys get out there as well. Yeah, we're actually, uh, we're working with curtain call on uh, some festivals, um, pushing closer to the East coast. And uh, we're we're also going to be uh, talking to an agent here um, today or tomorrow. I forget my days are all mixed up um, <laughs> about uh, about the future as well. Because, uh, like I said, you know, uh, John with uh, with Curtain Call is all about us playing out, and that's that's what he what he sees, and uh, we're we're in line with that. So we're going to be hopefully getting out uh, kind of all over the place in twenty four. Yeah. And with some label support, mind you, to uh, to help make these things happen, which I think is something that doesn't happen as often as it should. Uh, you know, labels getting their bands out on the circuits and uh, it's almost a lost art these days. It Curtain Call seems to be kind of bringing that back to the forefront with really hitting that artist promotion pretty hard. Absolutely. You know, it's it's one thing that we were uh I don't want to say hesitant on, but we were, we were very unsure at first until we had actually had some, some pretty in-depth conversations with the, with the team, uh, Brian and John specifically. And, um, we were, you know, worried that we're just going to play shows and then the label's going to say, good job guys. See you next time or whatever. Uh, but these guys, these guys are actually passionate about what seems like you're saying, like a lost art. They seem to be like an old school approach of like, uh, how is this going to be mutually beneficial? You know, obviously they have to keep the lights on, but so do we, you know, we're not, we're not making money as an unsigned band, you know, or, or as an independent band or a band that only has three songs out, you know, streaming does not help us at all. Um, none of us are, you know, hardcore TikTokers that can make content. You know, I, that's not, that's not our jam. It's especially being old school, which obviously you have to evolve as, as people and as, uh, creators as we're called nowadays but 
Um, there's an old school approach that I think is really beneficial that Curtain Call is trying to do with us and with other bands as well, that they want to support their guys on the road so that everybody can benefit from it. That's the, that's the dream, man. Well, and I mean, the reality is I, I've had this conversation a million times at this point, but you know, the record industry is different now. It, you know, artists making their money definitely not necessarily from record sales and record companies not necessarily making their money from artist record sales. You know, there's so many other avenues now that that must be, you know, kind of approached and and exploited, you know, the merch thing, the tour thing, the festival thing, you know, getting sponsorships and things like that. So the business of music is just so much more complicated uh, in order. It's not even about money. It's really just about exposure and, and opportunity and what's the best way to get your stuff visible. And and uh, the visibility portion is, is, I think, the most important thing right now is, you know, how do you get heard? How do you get seen? And, and uh, yeah. it's really just a, a challenging situation all around for, for everybody involved. Absolutely. And uh, I, I see it with a lot of bands that we uh, associate with. And, you know, no matter how in-depth our partnership is or our, we'll say, friendship is as musicians, but uh, bands nowadays, it seems that you have to be very, uh, like, very plugged into all of your socials. That's a that's a big thing, right? And it's not just Facebook anymore. The, the TikTok thing, the Instagram reels, the everything that you do. Uh, you have to be able to create on a constant basis while maintaining a day job and being a, a family person and while while trying to write music and do other things. It's not like you're going to put out a badass song, no matter how actually amazing it is, because there are bands who put out really good music. I'm like, how the hell do you guys only have like 800 followers? You know what I mean? Like, that's really good music. Um, but that's that's it. They're They're not making TikToks. They're not you know, um, I don't want to say whoring themselves out, but that's kind of what it is. You know, you have to, you have to be a creator, not just a musician. And it's, it's a, it's a new world now. It's uh it's weird. You know, I've, I've admittedly <laughs> struggled with that myself. I mean, I'm creeping up on 50 and, uh, you know, the, the social media for me is not, it's not native to my brain, right? Like I, I, I know it's there. I use it. I've got to have it admittedly could probably do more to modernize it. The whole TikTok thing, I still haven't come to terms with it. Um, but you're right. It's it's not enough anymore to make a post, right? It's got to be a series of posts or, you know, reels, as you said, or short little clips and just constant, 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 constant. So and it's just so, it's so foreign to me. And now I've accepted it that it's something that, you know, even though I don't play music, but same thing, like, I do radio, I do podcasting, I, I do all of this stuff and I'm in the same boat as you. I've got to figure out new ways to adapt to things uh, that, that have changed faster than I can change. Absolutely. You have to be relevant in the algorithm, you know, yeah. and that's that's a difficult thing to do, especially when it's a foreign language to all of us. Oh, the A word algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I struggle with it. So, but yeah. it sounds like, you know, you guys are on a fantastic path. The stuff you already have out for people to listen to is awesome. You've got a great label with a great team behind you. Some, some plans for touring a new EP coming out currently though, the best place for folks to check out your music is what your website. Do you have other methods that you'd like to, to share out with people? 
Yeah, I mean, our website, um, it's new and uh, we're, we're really proud of it. Um, so that's a, that's a great way. But I mean, other than that, it's going to be primarily Facebook. Uh, we're working on all the other socials. Um, Instagram lags behind and that's my fault. I And I suck with social media. I, I'm trying, but it's, <laughs> it's difficult. We'll get through this together, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so we have, you know, all the guys are all hands on deck with the socials. So like we have a TikTok. Um, and I'm not touching it. I'm admittedly <laughs> not going to do it. <laughs> so one of the boys is going to do it. And, uh, I think Darren is the one who's been man- manning that so far. Um, but, uh, I- I'm trying to step away from all that stuff as much as possible, but yeah, every streaming platform, um, when the EP comes out, we plan on having physical, you know, CDs, uh, which no one has CDs anymore, but, uh, we're got to do it. You know, I have a, I have an old truck that I still play CDs in and the guys make fun of me for it. So, um, that's, that's it. You know, just, uh, if you Google our name, we're going to come around. Fate defined out of Spokane, Washington, Kyle Willis, dude, honored to have you here. Leave us with some final words. What's the best way to support the band and uh, what can we expect out of you in the next few months here? Man, uh, go to shows and that's not even just us. Go support your local scene, go meet some people, rub elbows with them, tell them they rock. Um, some bands like it. If you tell them they suck, you know, that's cool too. Uh, <laughs> spread the love, man. That's, that's what it's all about. And, uh, we can't, no band can be successful without people's support and that's other musicians too. So yeah, the next few months, um, man, I don't want to do the big things coming, you know, I'm not, I'm not that guy, but, uh, just stay tuned and, uh, we're going to be kicking ass. That's, that's the goal. I believe it. Stay tuned. Fate defined on KFMP Misery Point Radio. We'll talk to you guys out there in the wasteland again real soon. Kyle, thanks again, brother. You and I, uh, this is not the last time that we're going to talk, so I'll see you out there on the road. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mike. Play that fucking song! Yeah, we're going to play that fucking song right after I thank everyone once more for tuning in and hanging out with us today here on Misery Point Radio. Make sure you follow Fate Defined on all the socials, including that goddamn TikTok. And do the same for me here on Misery Point Radio, minus the TikTok. Going to close this one out with one more tune from Fate Defined. You heard us talk about it earlier. So here it is. This one's called Domination. KFMP, out! <laughs>